Hello everyone, my name is Gianna Cabrera and I'm a first year from Randolph College and you're listening to my podcast. Initially, my intended major was business, but I will be changing it into international relations or something within history, Um, but I will surely be getting a minor in American culture. I come from the Dominican Republic and I've only been in America for about two years now, almost three now in April, and I can say that I've learned quite a bit from this country. I also wanted to point this out because if I say something that is not 100% accurate or anything that can come out as offensive or just something that is described not in a correct way, please uh, feel free to educate me in any type of way because I'm also here to learn um, as well. On today's episode, I am going to be talking about the work of art, Sunflower Quietly in Arrows by Faith Ringgold. The piece was created in 1997 by the artist Faith Ringgold. It is one of the works loaned to the Mayor Museum of Art at Randolph College for an exhibition called Storytellers. This piece pays homage to incredible black women who were important figures in the black freedom movement. I personally believe that Ringgold wanted every black woman to feel the power this piece holds and for them to be able to relate to it in some type of way. In this painting, we can also see incredible history figures such as Madame C.J. Walker, Ida Barnett Wells, Soldier Truth, Fannie Lou Hammer, Harriet Tubman, um, Russell Parks, Mary McClure Batunth, and Ella Baker. Eight great women who had an amazing impact on American history. They fought for things they thought they were right and made sure that they were not the only ones getting benefit out of this. They made sure that people around them felt the satisfaction that they also felt at some point. I think that Faith also wanted to put out how all of these women represent power and let other black women relate with them as well. And no matter the circumstances these ladies were put at, they will always fight for what was right even if it would cost them their own lives. Another thing that I wanted to point out is the, in this image we can also see a bunch of sunflowers and this um, was kind of like a tribute that uh, Faith did to one of these most famous um, Dutch painters, uh, Van Gogh. She decided to put the sunflowers as well as a um, him all the way in the back of the painting holding a bouquet of flowers. Um, so there's a couple theories about why he is holding a bouquet of flowers, of eight flowers specifically. And the main one is that he is holding a tribute to the woman in this painting. Kind of just trying to show off how strong these ladies were. Now let's talk about the artist behind this amazing artwork. Faith Ringgold is an American artist and author who became famous by creating innovative, quality narrations that communicate her political beliefs. She was born in um, 1930 in the Harlem neighborhood of New York City. She was the youngest of the three children born of to Andrew and Willie Jones. She was born well and raised as well during the Harlem Resonance, and I personally believe that this plays such a big part in her life. Um, as we all know, the Harlem Resonance is uh, when everything that came to art, music, instruments, and all this type of like artistic world became on place for African American culture. This could have been one of the main reasons of the beginning of her passion for art. This could have been the reasons of why she decided that this is what she loved doing the most. During the 1980s, uh, she began a series of work that was 
one of the main reasons she was brought up to her fame. Um, this series also was taking place when she was actually teaching in public schools of New York City. Lastly, uh, Ringgold became a professor in the University of California at San Diego um, until 2002. The reason I chose this piece is because the message it portrays was so meaningful for me especially. As a powerful woman who did not care what anyone else had to say was right for them or for their people. They fought for their rights and I believe that is so inspirational, especially for black women that have lived under those white man's ruled world and had to defend themselves among them. As mentioned before, there were eight wonderful women depicted in this painting, but I will love to speak on two of them specifically. These two characters stand out the most for me, but I also wanted to do some research about them because I was not really educated on who they were before I started this project. Now I feel like it's only right for me to share what I've learned about these incredible ladies with you guys. Today we're going to be talking about Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune and Madame CJ Walker. I'm going to go ahead and just do a little intro to you guys about who these ladies were. Ms. Petun used her power of education, politics, activism, and civil service to achieve racial gender equality. At the time, black children were not given the proper education because they weren't allowed to or just because maybe their parents weren't um, able to afford some of these schools. Even if they went to an all-black school, some of these schools didn't have the right materials because it was not as easy for black people to be able to own things. She founded her own institution. She even provided material for kids who didn't have the resources. And her main focus was to make sure that kids that wanted the education will get it. Another amazing woman who I would love to talk about is Madam C.J. Walker. Miss Walker, or Sarah, was the first self-made millionaire black woman. Sarah created her own line made of African-American hair products. She endured a lot of struggles uh, and stress that would cause her to lose her hair. She managed to create a formula that could help her gain her hair and also her confidence back. A lot of people trust her, not because only the ingredients based on the product or nothing like that, but because of the tactics of marketing that Sarah had. She will put her whole story and make sure that you understand the struggles that you had to go through um, just so this product will come to life. She will make sure that um, everybody understood the things that she went through uh, before she had this product. And people were like, oh, I kind of relate to that, so I feel like it's only right for me to give it a try as well. It was hard, you know, just going up with the struggle of being poorly treated just because you were either a woman or because of your race. You know, Sarah was black and a woman, which at the time, women were not allowed to be entrepreneurs. They were not seen to be successful because they were supposed to be behind a man. Um, and she was also black, but she was like treated or neglected because of her skin color. So it's like she had to make it work where she would reach the right audience and she will be supported by the right people. Without this incredible woman, the black experience will not have been the same. This ladies did so much for the black community that I would like to just get more in depth about what they did in their histories because I believe heroes like this are rarely seen. Mostly, not just nowadays, but they're just rarely seen. So I cannot miss the opportunity to share all the knowledge that I've acquired from these two ladies. 
First, let's start with Miss Bertin. She was born on July 10, 1875, near Maysville in South Carolina. She was one of the last seven of her siblings. When she founded Bethune Cookman University, she set educational standards for today's black colleges and her role as an advisor to President Franklin Delano Roosevelt get African Americans an advocate in government. When she first um, founded Cookman University, she did not have as many resources as she wished she had, but did not stop um, from making this an actual event. She made pencils with charred wood, ink from um, elderly berries, and mattresses from most stuffed corn sacks. Her first students were five little girls and her son, but after only two short years, over 250 students were already enrolled in Cookman University. Another accomplishment that this incredible woman achieved was founded the Mary McLeod Hospital, in which she provided training school for nurses. Most of the nursing students were black women who couldn't proceed with their studies due to the fact that they, you know, were either black or were a woman. See, black women didn't have it as easy when it came to medical studies, so Ms. Patern wanted to give them the opportunity for them to acquire any type of requirement, um, knowledge, and for just for them to feel like they could be wherever they wanted to be. Patern was a champion of racial and gender equality. She founded so many organizations and led voter registration drivers after women gained the vote in 1920. Petuna also played a role in the transition of black voters from um, the Republican Party, aka the Lincoln Party, to the Democratic Party during the Great Depression. There are so many things I could go on and on about this woman, but the main point that I hope to convey is that she cared about her people. She cared about how effectively it was for black women, black um, kids to just gain education back in her times. So she was making sure that everybody could gain education no matter um, because they were black, because they were a woman. Now onto our second and my absolute favorite historical figure, Madame C.J. Walker. Madame C.J. Walker, also known as Sarah, as I mentioned before, was the first of May Milner black woman. She started her hair business because of her hair issues, but in reality she received help from one of her friends named Addie, who at the time was the only one with a hair growth company. She would help um, Sarah with her hair journey in exchange of um, her doing her laundry. Addie had a business in which she had a couple of employees selling hair growth products door to door. After a couple of years, Sarah knew a lot about this product and she felt like she was capable enough to selling it as well. But Addie didn't think this was such a good idea. She didn't think that Sarah had the criteria of her company. Well, as you can see, Addie was a light-skinned lady with long curly hair, skinny tall, and so were all of her employees. She was basically denying Sarah's help because she thought she wouldn't be able to sell her product because of the way that she looked. This was pretty hurtful, you know, because being called that you looked like you just came out of a plantation with one of your close friends can mean a lot. This was nowhere near of stopping Sarah from proving Addie that she was capable of selling her products. Let's just say that she borrowed a couple of them and she went up to one of the main streets where everybody will sell their products and she sat there for a couple of minutes but nobody was actually coming up to her until she decided to share her journey. Like I've mentioned before, she had a way of engaging people with her story. She would connect her story with her product and would make all of these women feel like it was so relatable the way that she felt too. Because 
um, is also known, it was really hard for black women to take care of their hair because there were not the actual necessary products for them to take to deal with. Like it were mostly, I don't know, white people's hair product. So Sarah came in as a re- revolutionary, you know, um, bringing in new product for people who actually need it. Sharing her story as well helped so much when it came to marketing. After she sold all of the products, she came right back to Addie and made sure that she gave her every single penny that she gained um, out of this sale and explained to her what she did, but Addie did not took this in the right way. She was more stunned about the fact that Sarah robbed her or took her products away without her concern and was really upset about the fact that Sarah didn't communicate with her telling her that she was going to take those products. Even this was still not an obstacle for Sarah. She decided to start creating her own formula that will help her grow her hair and it will also help people around her. As Sarah tried to improve her business, she faced not only racial discrimination, but also gender discrimination. Um, as I've mentioned before with Patoon, it was not easy for a woman to be their own like entrepreneur or like start their own businesses because men were the first focus of this. She tried so many times to be sponsored by other people so they could help, um, you know, grow her business in some type of way but they will say that they would rather put men up first and then women will come after after they have taken lead and it was always this after and later or maybe later just like never a certain answer for sarah this was definitely not an obstacle nor a problem for sarah because when i tell you this lady will try her hardest to achieve anything and she will not stop until she will satisfy moving on to their only problem was her husband he felt like he was not getting the recognition that he wanted to. He moved with her, you know, to a different city just to help her grow the business. He will work with her trying to like do all the girls hair at the salon. He tried his hardest to grow this business with her. But Sarah was more of an a uh, my company type of woman. Obviously, this um, was not good for her husband. He was always frustrated about this, and he always tried to give Sarah this um, type of ideas that she just didn't agree with. She would never like include them because that was just not Sarah. He will always have this obsessive idea of this lady on a bicycle ad that haunted um, Sarah for years because it was just different. It was just like such a perfectly woman that it was just not what Sarah wanted. He wanted her to put it like on the front of the covers, on the front of the products, but Sarah would not do it because it was just not Sarah. And of course it was not because this lady looked just like the woman he was committing an affair with. Ironically, this was one of uh, Sarah's top sellers. Like she was going to get her own store all the way up in Chicago because Sarah just trusted her enough. But I guess she missed a couple of steps when it came to her loyalty. Obviously, these were hard times for Sarah because now she had to like learn how to be with her husband, taking him out of his life, and dealing with the fact that he wanted to bring her down just because of the fact that he didn't want him back so he tried everything that he could just to bring sarah's name there sarah didn't want to put up with any of this she didn't want any trouble she didn't want to 
like her she just wanted her husband out of her life but at the same time she had to keep him she couldn't divorce him because his plan was to use her name to start his own company like start using the name madam cj walker and that was not something that sarah wanted to do he started doing dirty things as just like putting out her biggest secrets just like she stole the formula from addy and actually this ended up being true and madame cj walker confirmed that it was true addy confronted her about it and she was like what if i just told everybody that you were stolen my formula this whole time Uh, Sarah didn't really care about it. She was like, you can tell anybody I'm literally the rich person. I'm like, I'm Sarah. I'm, a, I'm Madam CJ Walker. Like, nobody's going to care what you have to say about me. This is so ironic because Sarah also mentioned something about you could have been like this. You could have been my partner. We could have been millionaires together. We could have done so much as a, you know, partners, but you wanted to be selfish and only have this for you. You only wanted you to have the company. You never wanted me to be part of it. Now look how things turn. You know, Sarah just had to deal with the pain of her husband, you know, betraying her, her top seller going away. And nonetheless, she found out that she had cancer. Ever since she found out she had cancer, her main focus was having a convention with her 10,000 workers that she had at the time. She made sure that she taught her daughter how to run the company, how everything worked before she passed away. Now, um, her daughter took care of everything within the company. She continued her legacy. Madam CJ Walker is one of my favorite stories at the moment, and it's so beautiful and inspiring, and I really hope that you guys also feel the same way about this lady. They are all... All of them, every single lady that I've mentioned so far, so um, amazing to learn from. They have beautiful stories that have changed the world around us. To finish this amazing podcast, I hope that you guys take everything these ladies did and put them as an example of things that we can practice well today. These ladies were so powerful. I believe that Faith Wrangled's description of them is amazing. I am glad that I decided to pick this as my work of art because I love the way that these ladies fought for their rights as a woman and a citizen. They had type of like a saying of a double-sided sword which is like each side is pointy and each side is painful while this means that they were either um a woman and black so it's a double-sided sword this was definitely not something that was going to stop them from achieving everything that they have put into their future they did so much for the community and i wish that some of these ladies um were mentioned more like some of these ladies that i've never heard before till before I started um, researching for this project and I really wish that they were talked about more often. But that is going to be it for today, guys, and I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I did enjoy recording it. Thank you all for listening and see you in the next episode.